Blog Talk Radio. RGM Scientific breakthroughs, the unveilings, spiritual revelations, the openings. That's fine. Hijacking the mind. What? Aluminum bonds with intelligence. Rewind the message. Merry Christmas. 13 indigenous immigrants. State of the unison. Addressing nothing. Foundations can ruin. Level to level. Fuck the embezzlement. Tales from the crib. Hitting blood rituals. 50 scores flying over California. Vacation. Flying dragons. Swords and daggers. Lions and tigers. Gotta get my parents or parish. I'm a malnutrition, chemically imbalanced, Ethiopian, in Helen Kush, blue projects get pushed, mold with the bush, standing on the middle line, no defining, swirling dervish, in between space and time, just a fix Tuesday, another news day, north, east, west, south, west, not here to confuse the day, just a fuse the way, another Suffer from pain in your back to aches in your knees. Come on down and purchase you some ancestral tea to get rid of all the parasites, toxins, and fleas. Spiritual elevation for cosmic gravitation. So put away the patience, because there's no time to be wasted. Revealing, 
Custom sends a belt, please crease, yes, I'm killing. The time piece conservative, function is the premium. Black band, black face, the two hands leading them. No jewels, no bracelets, neck faceless, objections are baseless. None said adjacent, I'm grown, grown, grown. At my home, leaven spreads for our guests. Feed them heavily. Bobby Ganesh dip, chickpea salad, lemonade. Fufu International taste buds, so levitate. Educated minds over predicates to delegate to sip Turkish tea as the sunshine celebrate. The president no longer need to wait for a later date. Some fufu on China place too good to ever waste. Try to leave about space as the smell fills the place. On bread we spread hummus on sushi. Yes, we dine. The Merlot is dry, but she cooks with sherry wine. Bowed head, glitch hands, pray to the divine. Understanding the connection, born of the same vine. The five four slow steel pot top shimmering and simmering, remembering the days when we were innocent. I'm grown, grown, grown. I try to be the manipulator of obstacles and in command. I'm a faculties at all times, and yes, I do demand respect because I give it freedom. Prices overstand the emancipation taken by those who build the hands. It is manifest destiny for me to be a man, maneuvering chess pieces to orchestrate my plans. In a manner of respectfully, I can lead my fam to a land where milk and honey is provided, and yes, we can. Sup and sip, cause on this rock I build my plot. Foundation is stand, cause time is not a given thing, and miraculous occurrences not seen often. The windows open momentarily, so jump in with both feet then. Reach back and show your comrades how they can to win. I'm grown, I'm grown, I'm grown. First of all, we'd like to thank you all for listening to this presentation of I'm Grown. The basic premise of the song is that you need to broaden your perspective. If you only know the world as a 10-mile radius that you travel in, then you have a very limited scope. Step outside of your circle, step outside of your box. And then you will go from a child to an adult. And you can then say, baby, I'm grown. Baby, I'm grown. Baby, I'm Peace and power. Good evening, everybody out there in Radio Land, Cyberland. It's Brother Jamal. One more again, black at you for another episode of Tips and Tricks Tuesday. And once again, I'm sitting in for Brother Blackwater, the Meta Magician. And we are live and direct on First World Order Radio, 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 Radio. Today's date is January 24th, 2017. And uh, another month is just about flown by, the first month of the year. A lot has gone on. A lot has transpired. We have much to discuss this evening. And uh, been looking forward to it. Want to send a shout out to Dr. Eileen Bay, Miss Queen Kadira, the visionaries behind this platform, First World Order Radio. Want to remind you to get over in a hurry with haste to DrEileenBay.com and 
get your shop on for all of your metaphysical and spiritual needs. That's DrAleemElbay.com. Excuse me. Everything you need to enhance your spiritual and physical journey. Also want to continue to check out the brother Blackwater, the man and magician. I think he's got one more class he's going to do, um, I think, this upcoming Friday. That would be the 27th, 7.30 Eastern Standard Time. Wachita Simatoye. Brother goes in deep on how to utilize, recognize, and mobilize your vital life force, breath, chi, prana, all of the above, which is very important, especially given the climate that we're living in now, the climate that we've been living in. I mean, let's 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 uh, keep it real. I mean, it's not like anything's new. Um, just maybe things been ratcheted up just a little bit more. So definitely want to make sure that you check out these brothers. Um, want to thank everybody for listening in this evening. Um, for those who want to join in, who may be listening. Online, if you want to call in, the number is 626-414-3535. This is First World Order Radio, Brother Jamal, sitting in this evening. Much for us to discuss. But before I get going, I, I want to I wanna say something. That uh, knowledge is infinite. Okay? One thing... An old trainer of mine used to tell me when I was uh, training for, you know, competitive bodybuilding shows, he'd say, Jamal, he say, there's a million ways to get in shape. I'm just going to show you mine. And that always stuck with me because it's a very true statement. There are a million ways to, to go about anything you just choose what's going to be yours. And then you can absorb different things here and there, and it just you, you form your own customized regimen. We can apply that to this endeavor that we've embarked upon here, this metaphysical slash occult journey that we're on. There are a million different ways, different modalities, different approaches, so when I have the fortunate opportunity to sit down and build on this platform, I just looked at the clock, it's 7-Eleven. When I have the um, fortunate opportunity to build on this platform, I'm just giving my perspective. And I would never be egotistical enough to suggest that my way is finite. And uh but I just give my perspective and the key is I've always said this even when it comes to my fitness business or anything, person needs to have a science. 
behind what they do. You know, there needs to be a method. There needs to be a why. So the things that we discuss, I want to stress that it is not my motive to convince any of you listening of anything. And it's not about us always agreeing. However, I do want you to always understand my science, understand where I'm coming from. And I want you to weigh my science based on my presentation and then based on your degree of knowledge and your personal studies and then whatever roads that you can take to enhance your study based on what I may impart. We saw at the end of 2016, and we still see now this debating energy is dissipating. It's fading because the time has passed for us feeling like we have to determine who's right and who's wrong. Being mindful that we've moved out of a Piscean age and we're in the age of Aquarius, the age of knowing, the age of Gnosis. And to continue to expound on this, this journey of Gnosis, we have to become more of a university than uh, a corner or an alley or a block where we, 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 we just go at each other. This is a university. And in a university, in its original sense, the original essence brought up by the Moors to civilize Europe, it is a coagulation of high knowledge in all types of modalities, not just physical, not just spiritual, but everything, all-encompassing. And the time has come for us to get our minds, not saying that it's not, but to reinvigorate our minds into that aspect of approaching all knowledge like a university. There is no truth, all is permitted. And in saying that, we always have to differentiate between a religious system and a university. A religious system is a set of beliefs based on indoctrination. We have to be careful that even though we feel as though we are fringe people where we're on the outside and we, we're, we're delving into unknown territory, that we still have to be careful that we don't become religiousized. Where if it don't sound this way, if it don't come out this way or that way, oh, I disregard it because that's not what I, uh, it doesn't align with what I believe or what I think I know. A university is a place where everything is permitted. And because we are all scientists and we are all scholars, we can weigh the information that is presented against our own scholarship and our further scholarship, and we can make a determination. 
So it is beautiful for us to even disagree because that says that we're not a group of sheep. We're a group of swordsmen, all skilled, and men not being gender specific. That's men and women who are sharpening our skills. So I'll make sure we keep that in mind so I'm clear about where I'm coming from in my presentation. Tonight's topic, the presidential inauguration decoded. The great old ones have awakened. The presidential inauguration decoded. The great old ones have awakened. So, January 20th, major ritual went down, the inauguration ritual. A mass ritual. Now, I want to say this. We, the scientists, are always the targets of anything we see going on. Make no bones about it. Congratulations. Everything is about you. It's about you. It's about us. The very few, the remnant, the people who are on the frequency who understand, you are the most dangerous thing ever known. You're the ones. So this ritual was targeted at you and I. Now, how do we counter a ritual? We counter by having the ability to read it. To read it. If I'm going up against the great white hope, Tom Brady, my ability to read his tendencies will determine how effective my defense will be at shutting down the great white hype, Tom Brady. It leaves a sour taste in my mouth just saying his name because the, the whole team has been projected to represent. See, there's a spiritual entity behind the New England Pacers. It's more than just sports with them. And best believe this Falcons and Patriots Super Bowl is a ritual in itself. Even if you don't like sports, just understand the occult significance behind it. The Falcons is equivalent to Heru, and the Patriots represent U.S.A, the corporation going up against Heru, which is us. So if you can read the tendencies of the quarterback, you have a chance to defeat him. Or you will defeat him. And we know that the word read means the same thing as ritual. They come from the same Indo-European root. And what they both mean is to arrange, to fit, to join. So tonight what we're going to do is read that inauguration ritual to the best of our ability. 
period, point blank, from the top, make no bones about it, Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, ISIS and Osiris. That's, that's just, I mean, that's a no-brainer right there. Now, I've been, I'll admit, I've talked shit about them at times, and at other times I say, well, it's a spiritual, you know, I've, I've, I've said both. And neither one is wrong. It's just like back in the day you had Phil Valentine videos talking about Obama from a political standpoint. He was right. You had Bobby Hemmett talking about it from a spiritual standpoint. He was right. We're going to look primarily from a spiritual standpoint, though, what they represented. Of course, it's ISIS and Osiris. All right? They are the real Camelot. The first attempt was the Kennedys. And we know Brother Bobby has broken down that extensively Cam is Kim, Lot, new Lot of Cam. This is the new Egypt, new Kemet, and they're trying to, you know, fake the funk, basically. So they put the Kennedys in there. Next, they tried with the Clintons. Neither one created the energy that they needed. The new lot of Kim or Cam was not renewed until the Obamas got into the White House. Say what we will and may. They were major batteries for the United States lording over America. Now, in 2002, Bobby Hammett talked about the 9-11 ritual and basically how black people were used as batteries to reinvigorate the USA because it gave them a collective subject or focal point to mourn and where we all forgot about how our asses were getting kicked and have been getting kicked for God knows how many years, and directed our attention as this one force. We are Americans, and we were attacked. So he broke all that down. Now, I want to I wanna expound on that, or I want to piggyback on that, and say that the same thing happened in 2008 with the Obamas. Now, mind you, that was a financial crisis going on when Obama comes into office, if y'all remember. People were losing their homes. The banks and the auto industry were so-called on the verge of collapse. So what did they do? They used our energy through the hope initiated by this black president and his family. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. That was a mantra. That shit was powerful. And what did they do? They reinvigorated the United States of America through the election or selection of Barack Obama. Now they had the real Camelot established, the real Osirian court. Okay? Now, in 2012, we all know about all the Mayan prophets. And now we got all these discrepancies on the calendar, but the perceived the perceived time of two of 2012 
was five years ago. Okay? Obama is up for re-election. Once again, he has to be used as a battery to offset the disaster of this, the perceived disaster of this Mayan calendar running out. Once again, he's used as a battery to reinvigorate. Now, what I want to say about the spiritual maneuvering of the United States is that it is the same as the city. We call this the science of the city because the United States is actually the city or the district of Columbia, which is just the city. So that is the house of the corporation along with New York. So it's the empire state. So to study this, you study it from the perspective of a city, and I'm going to show you why. You get this book, Medieval Collins. I'm going to do a, I'm going to do a, we're going to go through some reading tonight. We're going to have to put down some scholarship tonight. Okay? We're going to go first to this book, Medieval Collins. This is a must-have. If you want to understand life in medieval Europe and see how capitalism really gets its start, how the bourgeoisie or the merchant class really gets its start, you want to consult this book. You'll see, you know, you had aristocracy, and then this next group rises up. And what you see playing out is a battle, even to this day, between the merchant class or the uh, bourgeoisie versus the aristocracy. Okay, so we go to page... 175, and what I'm going to read is going to display ritualistic practices that went on in typical European cities, 11th and 12th century, uh, 12th and 13th centuries in Europe. Okay, we start here. Also, in ritual manner, the city dweller, young or old, could be moved and dazed, listening to a holy man and miracle worker in the public squares who could make the crowd laugh or cry for hours at a time, like the actors in mystery plays, mixing body stories and terrifying descriptions denouncing the predators of the people, the botched, the clerics, and female wiles, but also teaching obedience to the father, the master, and the city magistrates. Now, all of that was enacted with this inauguration. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to break this down. These regenerative or purifying rites, unanimity, they were an integral part of a civic religion. Stop. Civic religion. Civic is talking about civilians or the city. So there's a religion or a spirit that governs the city. There's a spirit that sits over Washington, D.C., so they have to have this major ritual to reinvigorate this spirit. It says, integral part of a civic religion whose essential liturgies, that means religion, took place on the main street, which led to a ceremonial gate, the city square or the seat of the municipal government. You see how all the 
pageantry and the fanfare. You see all the limousines and all these government vehicles and shit and flags and lights, you know, and they all leading up to this, to the Capitol building. Same concept. The city fathers soon understood that a politics of prestige constituted an excellent means to domination. Let me read that again. The city fathers soon understood that a politics of prestige constituted an excellent means to domination. Mind control. The perception of power. In Flanders and the Artois, the most powerful guilds built proud market halls flanked by belfries. In Italy, after the victory of the people and in Alsace, after that of the trade organizations, new palaces to welcome the new communal institutions were built. Okay, let me move. Uh, listen to this. The street led that led from the gate to the cathedral or the city palace may have been sinuous, but thanks to magnificent decorations, did we not see magnificent decorations? It became a grandiose artery when every logia entry and balcony of the palaces along the way transformed it into a majestic scene of collective power. What were they trying to show you? Our power, all the Secret Service people. Behind the crosses, they carried, and under the protection of the saints, the male citizen body displayed its strength to the onlookers. Once again, we saw all this muscle out there, the big 12-inch uh, thick doors on these limousines, the bulletproof windows and Secret Service with their little earpieces in and looking all around. You can see people up on top of the Capitol building, you know, I guess looking for snipers, and it was a display of force. Wolf tickets. The liturgical context in which the processions were formed sanctified the hierarchic arrangement in which all took their places behind the banners in an order established by a municipal decree. Liturgical means religious. They had 15,000 different priests and rabbis and preachers get up there saying them dead-ass prayers that had no power. That's the liturgical aspect. All of these different aspects or components to try to reinvigorate the city. The science of the city. Last part. As it floats and its triumph showed, the procession was an efficacious way to recall that citizens united behind their magistrates and their crosses had put an end to an epidemic. Stop. Hold it. Wait a minute. What is the epidemic? In America, what is the epidemic in America? I want you to remember that word, epidemic. So I'm going to play you something here in a minute. But I think we know where I'm going with this. What's the epidemic? So that's a, when you use words now like urban, urban crime, even unemployment, or uh, people needing aid and, you know, things of that nature, those are called dog whistles. They're talking about melanated people 
specifically, quote unquote, black people, epidemic. Now, mind you, in this time that we're talking about, we're talking about stuff like the bubonic plague. We're talking about, you know, because these people didn't know how to wash their ass. So most of their affliction was just from being nasty. But I understand that that same mindset is applied now because that is the same template that runs in the veins and the mind of these people who we see in front of us now. So it says, the crosses had put an end to an epidemic, had discouraged an enemy, had affected a victory. In other words, the procession by its order, its symbolic stations, the hymns it raised, and the decor that framed it illustrated the ide- ideational forces of urban theology, urban city, theology, religion, the religion, the science, the spirit of the city. We saw all of this displayed and enacted in front of us on January 20th with this whole inauguration. All right? Now, Donald Trump and his whore represent Jesus and Mary Magdalene. I specifically am calling her a whore because if they didn't want you to know that she was a whore, trust and believe that none of this stuff would be all over the Internet. All you got to do is just put in Melania and naked pictures pop up. Now, you know these people cook the books on everything. They can wipe the Internet. Whenever you, there's certain articles I've saved off the Internet, save them to my favorites, go back, they're not even there no more. They want you to know that she's a hoe because these people are occultists. And they know that the whore is divine. So when people think they're talking shit about Melania, you know, oh, look at this. Look at this whore. And she is. She's a gut bucket whore. But they, they, everything's reversed in this occult application of this. They want you to say she's a whore because they know the whore is divine. And they need to propel this idea of Trump as a Christ figure, a redeemer who's coming back to bring things together. He keeps on talking about no longer will you be ignored and we need to come together. What is Christ? Christ is supposed to be the prince of peace. The word peace means to bind, to bring back together. And what does Christ do? He comes back to redeem the fallen daughter. And she has taken on the name of Melania. And we know in all esoteric science that the fallen daughter represents the soul, which is melanin. So so that is what they're trying to push. They're trying to say that we got it. We have got control in this melanin war, and we are on top of it. And that leads me to this clip I'm going to play for y'all. Because the clip might not sound like nothing, but we're going to break down uh, how Trump stepped up his 
his cold game. Prior to this, he pretty much had been speaking in basic fourth grade lingo. But he basically upped his delivery a little bit because he is definitely speaking in code. So I hope y'all can hear this. We stand at the birth of a new millennium, ready to unlock the mysteries of space, to free the earth from the miseries of disease, and to harness the energy. Stop. To free the earth from the miseries of disease. Didn't I just read out of that book, Epidemic? The procession was to show that you uh, had overcome the epidemic. Now, he is specifically talking about melanin. I'm going to let it play. I think it's going to start from the beginning. We stand at the birth of a new millennium, ready to unlock the mysteries of space, to free the earth from the miseries of disease, and to harness the energies, industries, and technologies of tomorrow. A new national pride will stir ourselves, lift our sights, and heal our divisions. It's time, and whether a child is born in the urban sprawl of Detroit or the windswept plains of Nebraska, they look up at the same night sky, they fill their heart with the same dreams, and they are infused with the breath of life by the same almighty creator. Now, he said a lot there. He said a little, but he said a lot. We're going to go in on this. But one thing you can't see because it's audio, at the end when he says the same almighty creator, he takes his right hand and points up. Now, when you become a Muslim, it's called taking the shahada. And part of taking the shahada is you put your right finger up. All right? Put your right finger up. Now, what's significant about that? In the higher degrees of masonry, the book that is used is the Quran. There's an old famous story about in Thomas Jefferson's library, he has Quran. The Moors have given us numerous tons of information to tell you that this whole country is founded on Islam. Not the Islam that we know, but esoteric Islam, which is basically Sufism. That's what this country is founded on. He puts that finger up that's what he is attesting to. Most people don't, I mean, they don't, everything's right in front of our faces. But I want to go into something and I want to show you. We're going to look at some presidents since. Uh, I guess we'll go back to Lyndon Johnson's. I want you to understand what Trump's words were really saying. He was announcing a supposed victory in melanin research. 
Now, you can get a book called Cracking the Gene the Genome by Kevin Davies. And what this does is it talks about the whole development of the Human Genome Project. Now, you can remember in 1999, I think, when Clinton was president, I was leaving out what was supposed to be the landmark of his presidency was he brought out these two doctors and they announced that they had mapped the human genome. One of the people who was integral in that is a man named Craig Venter. All right? And it's very interesting that there's a show on Netflix called Shameless. This is how they throw stuff out. Now, Shameless is this story. It's a, a show. I mean, it's the most savage behavior in this. It's just people, they just basically pull trash, you know, and they just doing everything. The daddy falls out drunk in the flow every night. But they got one segment of the show where they're in this living room looking at television, and guess who pops up on the TV? Craig Venter talking about the Human Genome Project. That's how they throw stuff out in the most inconspicuous places where they know people ain't going to catch it unless you're paying attention. Now, this show came out last year. See how all this stuff comes together? So they already know who's going to be the president, and they know what his job is. His announcement in the melanin war is to come out to reinvigorate the people, is to say, we on top of it. We got it. Don't worry. Your future is safe. So again, each president has a hidden melanin agenda. Let's start with Lyndon Johnson. His was to initiate the melanin war or World War III. Mind you, in the late 1950s, Aaron Lerner, who was a, a what you call him, skin doctor, dermatologist at Yale University, he discovered, quote unquote, melanin and how it was regulated by the pineal gland. So they had time to study that, its properties. They introduced their findings through Star Trek. You go and watch the old episodes of Star Trek, starting, I think, maybe 1966. You go and watch old episodes of The Twilight Zone. You see melanin research displayed. So Johnson was supposed to initiate the melanin war when he said he was announcing a war on poverty, another dog whistle, because they knew in America, whenever you think of something negative, the first thing you think of is niggas, because that was already embedded into this U.S.A. psyche. So his job, he announces it. And his first move is the Voter Rights Act. That was the melanin war. Because the first key is you got to get them to buy in. Then Nixon and Ford come along. They expound on Johnson's protocol by bringing melanated people closer for surveillance, leeching, and vampirism. So when we thought we're getting victories because you know, uh, P. 
people are getting more jobs, late 60s, early 70s, and, you know, opportunities for black folk to work at IBM. You know, my daddy was a uh, my mother and father because my daddy was the first black man at the newspaper to be anything higher than a janitor, 1968. My mother came in on the teaching program, 1973. I'll say there was a whole integration thing, but the trick was that they made it look like it was an advancement for us when it was something they needed all along to get us closer to them so that they could leach ideas, leach energy. Because as long as we were separated, then, you know, that's the old saying, keep your friends close but your enemies closer. So that was Nixon's job. Carter was to initiate a plan of containment. You know, the whole uh, security memorandum, I think, is 146 or 46. That's Jimmy Carter. So while he's smiling and got that old country accent, he was laying down a foundation of how to contain niggas. Reagan's job was in the Melanin War was to create the drug compound that would bond with melanin that would be used to ravage the communities and also to shut down the kundalini energy by introducing something called AIDS, where everybody would be scared to have sex. Remember, the, year bef- the decade before was a decade of sexual revolution. He had to shut down the kundalini energy. Bush Sr. comes in. And his role in the melanin war is Desert Storm, where he would allow thousands of melanated people to be secretly tested on as a form of bioterrorism. Send them over there. If you know anybody who's been in war or been in, especially at Desert Storm, they would give them shots that they didn't know what they were taking, and they would give them a whole bunch of horse pills to take, and they didn't know what it was. And they were exposed to whatever they exposed the Iraqis to, they were exposed. Melanin wars. Clinton comes in. Clinton's job is to lock up more melanated people. He keeps that whole 100 to 1 crack to cocaine ratio thing going as a means to lock up more melanated people so that they would have more time to experiment on them while they were locked up. Mind you, he's the president who launches the Human Genome Project to map DNA and unlock the secrets of melanin. Every one of them have been have had a role. Bush Jr. comes in. He brings the towers down as a Christ ritual, producing one out of two. And he reinvigorates the USA spirit, once again, like we talked about, through blacks' energy. Our collective mourning. Oh, oh, Lord. Them foreigners that came over here and attacked our country. Oh, Lord, what we Americans going to do? That was a ritual. Use our energy to reinvigorate the spirit. Then the Obamas come in. He represents the true fulfillment of the prophecy. Being a melanated man ascending to the throne of Isis. He was the king piece. 
And the other thing that he did, while they got us ramped up because our president is black, you know, they also used that to reinvigorate the spirit of ignorant European Caucasian people because they knew of that latent innate fear that seeing this nigga as a president with all them nigga babies and that nigga woman up in that White House was going to bring up in these white folks. They're trying to take over our country, got this jigaboos up in that bad house. But that white house is going to be a black house. God help us all. So at the same time that we were reinvigorating the city, the city spirit, with our hopes, they were also building up that energy in the white folk. That crack of them. Oh, we got to fight. Damn it, when we get our chance. When we get our chance, damn it, we're going to take our country back. Leading us up, Donald J. Trump who masterminded and used the polarizing energy that was created by Obama to stir the natural, latent fears of Europeans. To reinvest in their natural tendency to hate and thus to ignite something in their psyche to fight for survival. See, what they don't know, he knows. He knows they back is against the ropes. Now, deep and unconscious of their brains, they always feel inadequate. But those who are on the elite level, they understand what the inadequacy is. And they have to use those dummies as a semblance of batteries, too. They have to use their fear to drive them. In one of his speeches, he said, never again will you be ignored. Major mind control. When you're talking to people who have the minds of six-year-olds, I don't give a damn if they're doctors or they're lawyers. They have the minds of six-year-olds. That is the perpetual state of the European. It's a perpetual child. Now that we've set the stage for Donald Trump's role in the Melanin War, let's get into some of the occult symbolism that was displayed. There was a prayer service held at St. John's Church. Now, you got to understand what's the significance. Why St. John's Church? Now, last week, what did we talk about? Off with the head, awakening the heart chakra. In order for the heart chakra to be awakened, one has to symbolically lose one's head. We talked about this particular character in the Bible, one of a few who is beheaded, John. John is beheaded. That was a ritual all in itself. The ritual is that Obama is losing his head. That's why they choose St. John's as the church. 
Barack and Michelle receive Trump and the whore at the White House standing on a red carpet. Now, this red, you got to understand the red was the shit. Because they're standing on a red carpet, and Michelle Obama is wearing a red dress. She has her hair pulled back. She ain't trying to look appealing. For those who know what time it is, she is telling you, there will be blood. This is war. So, let's see. Of course, the red is the menstrual blood. And they were at the opening of the vagina. That's why it's a red carpet. That's why a lot of times in your church you got a red carpet running down the center aisle or purple. So she's standing there, standing at the opening of the vagina or the labia. And that is to symbolize the previous couple being put out of the garden. So when they're standing outside of the White House, this, this, all this shit is ritualized. They are being put, symbolically put out of the garden. But that's going to be blood, though. The final part of the ritual takes place at the Capitol Hill where people walk down steps to a ceremony area symbolizing the baby dropping down in the latter stages of the pregnancy. Because this is where the new president will be inaugurated, issued in, brought in. That's the birth. That's the birthing canal. Now, out of all this regalia, the kicker again is Michelle Obama. She countered the whole ritual. She wears a red dress. She has a red coat. She's standing on red carpets, and she got her hair pulled back, and she had her face tight. Say what you will or may about her, you know, their politics, and, you know, they ain't do shit for the black. No president ever did. So, But look at what does she represent spiritually and from a cult perspective. Her face was tight. She had a piercing look. It was like... She personified. I felt Lilith. I felt segment looking at Michelle Obama. I saw rage. And her blood was flowing. And what does Lilith do? Lilith kills the babies, right? Now we know that's coded. What does that mean when she kills the babies? What kills babies is a menstrual, is a cycle. The woman's cycle kills the babies because if she has a cycle, She's not getting pregnant. Michelle Obama gave us the ritual. The blood. The blood. Red dress, red coat. Come on now. You think that's all just coincidence? So that was beautiful. She countered. All that regalia and all that bullshit there, all that pageantry, she counted it for those of us who can see. So let's move along. Let's see what else we got. I want to touch on this. The fact that there are two basic emotions. Shout out to Blackwater. 
I always repeat this. But we were in a conversation, and he was talking about the fact that there are always, you know, that there are two basic emotions, fear and love. Melanin on a spiritual level is, in essence, an agent of love, even in its chaotic phase. Even Lilith, the Lilith aspect of it, the destruction aspect, is all about love. This whole fiasco that we're involved in called life, it all started based on love. We go back to the story of Sophia, who fell and became ignorant so that she could be wise. And the word that was born from her action is philosophy. Philo means love, the love of wisdom. And that's what melanin is. It is a chaotic, ever-changing expression of love. And that's why the refined, our crude supply of it, it being melanin, we have to pass or filter it through the heart chakra. We come back to our conversation last week, the heart chakra. Melanin is crude oil. Crude oil has to be refined in order to be used as a fuel. That's the heart chakra. What the hell does that have to do with our conversation tonight? The European in general, by nature, is driven by fear. Because his heart is cold. He's the tin man. His heart is cold. It's shut down. So everything in the world that he or she has created is motivated by fear. Their laws, their religion, advertising, relationships, romance, entertainment, politics, health, life as a whole, all governed by fear. And what's the great final fear for them? Death. And they have superimposed that over to us, the fear of death. Of course you're going to feel death when you've had heaven on earth. You've put foot to every ass that you can find. And you know there's nowhere else for you to go. So everything they've done from their inception has been based on fear. Let's go to the scholarship. Michael Bradley, Iceman Inheritance. Let's deal with this. Michael Bradley, Iceman Inheritance, page 122. The Neanderthals already had a high degree of sexual dimorphism, and the patchwork sexual adaptations only emphasized it. I'm inclined to believe that the sexes look different enough that each tended to regard the other as something of a distinct species. I think that there may have been grave difficulties in each sex recognizing the other to be completely human. Among the Neanderthals, there could not have been as much sexual solidarity as among other races of man. Even a lesser Caucasoid degree of sexual dimorphism has resulted in a noticeable amount of sexual conflict. Hold it. Hold it. What goes on after this Trump fiasco? The Women's March. 
And see what, she, what the European woman likes to do? She likes to bring everybody into her fucking fight with her man. We all won. We stand together as sisters. I had a professor in college who always was on that feminist shit. And I asked her, I said, why is it none of the feminists ever just come out and say what the real problem is? I say, you know, you always cloak it as men. I said, but I don't see no black men oppressing women. I don't see black men running things and controlling the world. Why don't you come out and identify specifically white men (laughs) stuttering and shit? Because these motherfuckers are on code. Constantly presenting this men is because it goes back to them coming out of the cave dimorphism. They hated each other from the moment they saw each other. And this is a white man wrote this book. They ran him out the country, Michael Bradley. All right. And that leads to fear. Because if he looked at his woman and felt that way, how do you think he feels about his mama? So when you can't have solidarity and peace with your mama, you don't know what no love is. Your heart don't function. So what's the only other emotion you can express? Fear. All right? Let's keep going. And this is old stuff. I'm sure all y'all already know about these books. But in case you don't, Iceman Inheritance, Michael Bradley, Prehistoric Sources of Western Man's Racism, Sexism, and Aggression. All right. Next book, another smoker, Francis Crest Wilson, Ashe. The ISIS Papers, The Keys to Colors, page 46. Historically, white males worldwide have suffered the deep sense of male inferiority and inadequacy because they represent a mutant, genetically recessive minority population that can be genetically annihilated by all non-white people, males and females. Ultimately, this awareness in the white collective has produced high levels of masculine self-doubt, fear, anxiety, and self-alienation. These difficulties have been intensified by the awareness that white reproductivity is far lower than the natural reproductivity of any non-white population. Thus, the white male collective feels vulnerable to the global non-white male collective, but most specifically to the black male collective because of blacks' ability to to produce the highest levels of melanin and thereby the greatest potential for white genetic annihilation. This basic logic of disgust with the white genetic and genital self drives the brain computer in the white male collective to self-negating patterns of behavior. Also, it is the basis for the continuing question in the white collective, quote, who has the largest penis, the black or the white man, end quote. Francis Crest Wells for keeping it real. The ISIS papers. All right. Now, exhibit C. Now, we're going to go to a more esoteric occult perspective. Oh, man, I should have had this ready. I think I got the page marked in here, though. I hope I do. 
I hope I do. This is uh we're going to HP Blavatsky. Let's see. Um I think it's in the secret doctrine. Uh yeah, it's the secret doctrine. Okay. Her two landmark Vart books were uh the ice ice is unveiled and the secret doctrine. But I think it's in this one where she talks about uh the common race. Um, and if I didn't highlight this, then I need to be beat with a spike back. Let me see. Um shit. Let's see. I thought I highlighted this. Um uh, yeah. Okay, I want to pick up right here. She's talking about uh, this coming race that they fear. And all this is is basically she's speaking in code to talk about melanin. Uh, Let me pick up because I don't want to read a whole bunch. I want to get right to the meat. Uh, Let me go right here. If the question is asked by Mr. Keeley, was not allowed to pass a certain limit, the answer is key. Because that which he has unconsciously discovered is the terrible sidereal force known to and named by the Atlantean Mashmok. Mashmok is a code. She's talking about melanin. Mind you, in the 19th century, they didn't even use that word. It was called real and occulting, things of that nature. And by the Aryan Rishis in their Aster Vidya uh, by a name that we do not like to give. It is the real of Bulwa Lighten's coming race and of the coming races of our mankind. The name real may be a fiction. The force itself is a fact doubted as little in India as the existence itself of their Rishis. Since it is mentioned in all secret works, it is the vibratory force which, when aimed at any army from an agni wrath fixed on a flying vessel, agni, let me break that down. Agni means fire and wrath means chariot. Fire chariot, that's talking about your third eye, your pineal gland. Fixed on a flying vessel, a balloon, according to the instructions found in Ashtar Vidya, reduces, reduced to ashes 100,000 men and elephants as easily as it would a dead rat. Talking about you. It is allegorized in the Vishnu. Purana in the Ramayana and other works in the fable about the sage Kapila, whose glance made a mountain of ashes of King Sagara's 60,000 sons, and which is explained in the esoteric works and referred to as the Kapalashka or the Kapila's eye. Now, she gives you all that bullshit basically to talk about the fear is the <clears throat> of you illuminating yourself. Bobby Hem used to talk about this. And your third eye or your first eye, whatever, sounds cute, uh, being fully awakened. That's the fear. And that is what Donald J. Trump was talking about in that little excerpt that I played. What she described in that book is the same as the story of uh, Shiva being up in the Himalayas with his woman, she walks up behind him. She covers up his two eyes. His third eye opens up, and when it does, the, the, the physical world becomes dim, 
and it the third eye illuminates and it burns up the Himalayas. Same concept as the Agna Rama or fire chariot. These people, this is serious for them because the way that we keep on finding more and more people who are on the frequency is there's like, you know, people coming out the woodworks. They got all these, I keep talking about all these radars and satellites that keep bragging about that they got now. Look, they didn't know when it was going to rain for them 50 years. I mean, it's, what, how many more different detection devices do you need? It's going to rain. It's not going to rain. It's going to be a storm. It's going to be a storm. So obviously there is something deeper that they need to detect, a rising consciousness. Let's go to our next, what we got next. We're going we're gonna to lay it all down for you. Uh, the Astral Body by A.E. Powell, page 89. This is what he's talking about in here. He says, he's talking about there are four ways in which a man may be awakened to self-conscious activity in his astral body. And number two is by the man himself having learned the facts in the case, making a Requisite steady and persistent effort to clear away the mist from within and gradually overcome the inertia to which he is. These motherfuckers give you so much fluff you got to read through. Let's just cut to the. This, of course, is merely hastening the natural process of evolution. It is desirable that the man should first have developed common sense and moral qualities. Now, what is the most amoral creature on the planet? Basic morals. I mean, we ain't even talking about no high high science. They lose out just on basic morals. He says, first, lest he may misuse such powers as he may acquire. Second, lest he be overwhelmed by fear, fear in the presence of forces which can neither he can neither understand nor control. That's the whole meat. He wrote all that shit just to get down to this is the meat. Lest he be overwhelmed by fear in the presence of forces which he can neither understand nor control. See how they talk all around in circles? Talking about the honey, melanin. All right. Now we're going to go. It's funny. I don't know if y'all can hear that. You can hear the helicopter flying over my house now. 8, 11 at night, helicopter. That's funny. Okay. Archetypes of the Collective Unconscious, Carl Jung, page 170. I want you to, I want you to get this. Uh, I don't feel like reading all this. I think, hell, we've, we've, we've laid the foundation. We've proven the case. Of that aspect of it I want to move on But that was going to go into From a psychological perspective How the fear is, a, is an actual archetype um, But I want to move to something else During Trump's campaign He announced His plans to force Mexico To build a wall Now this is where we're going to Really get metaphysical Okay Now we know from the Moors, we've learned that America is actually Madrid, Al-Aqsa, or a Mexican. 
Amexum, Mexico, Amexum. These are all in reference to the Moors, all right, which is basically us, the original inhabitants of this landmass, all right? So what is he actually saying when he talked about he was going to force Mexico to build a wall, speaking in code? He's saying he's going to force the priest to build a wall out of the third and fourth dimensions for his people, more specifically, the elite of his people. Let me restate that. I want you to be clear about what I'm saying. These people speak in code. You think stuff be so mundane, oh, I ain't got time for that, but they be saying shit deeper than what it sound like. If America is really a mexum on Madrid al-Aqsa, he's saying, and he said he's going to force the Mexicans to build a wall, he's saying he's going to force the priest, us, the people who understand the science, force us to build a wall for them to get the hell up out of purgatory. They listen to these broadcasts. Oh, they listen. So that they were laying down their game plan. Now, I want you to understand what the wall represents metaphysically, and I'm going to reference the Bible uh, as we break this down. First, I want to look at Joel 2, 1 through 9. It says, Blow ye the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain." But all the inhabitants of the land tremble for the day of the Lord cometh, for it is nigh at hand. Uh, I'm going to skip down to this. Um, first of all, mountains, we all know that's talking about the mind, high places. Let's skip down to verse 5. Like the noise of chariots on the tops of mountains shall they leap. Like the noise of a flame of fire that devoureth the stubble as a strong people set in battle array. Whenever you see Fire, that's kundalini. You're talking about a spiritual awakening, rising of the kundalini. Before their face, the people shall be much pained. All faces shall gather blackness. They shall run like mighty men. They shall climb the wall like men of war. And they shall march everyone on his ways, and they shall not break their ranks. Neither shall one thrust another. They shall walk everyone in his path, and when they fall upon the sword, they shall not be wounded. They shall run to and fro in the city. They shall run upon the wall. They shall climb up upon the houses. House is another reference to the mind. They shall enter in at the windows like a thief. They're talking about higher consciousness. But the wall, understand what the wall represents. The wall in these scriptures, whenever you hear them in any text, whatever, the wall is referring to the spine or the back of the body. That's why they say, climb the wall. The wall is the same as the Kabbalah. It's the same as Jacob's ladder, climbing Jacob's ladder, climbing the wall. All right? Amos 7 and 7. Amos Seventh chapter, seven to nine verses. Thus he showed me, and behold, the Lord stood upon a wall. 
made by a plumb line with a plumb line in his hand. And the Lord said unto me, Amos, what seest thou? And I said, a plumb line. Then said the Lord, behold, I will set a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel. Understand the perspective. Amos is in his higher mind, so he's looking down. He's on the wall. I mean, he's just, and he's, his consciousness has risen up his spine, and he's looking down. And the Lord says, I will not again pass by them anymore, and the high places of Isaac shall be desolate, and the sanctuaries of Israel shall be laid waste. They're talking about, again, like last, the high places represent your brain. Your brain will be desolate so that your higher consciousness can rise. And laid, and your, the, the high places of Israel shall be laid to waste. All of this references the spine and kundalini, Anubis, the opening of the way, waste shit. From the anus, Anubis, the opening of the way so that you can take a shit. Take a shit so that there will be fertile ground for new vegetation to grow. The wall always represents the spine where the kundalini energy travels up and the fire burns up what should not be there. All right, stay with me. We're going to go to Ezekiel chapter 8, 12 through 14, last one. Then said he unto me, son of man, hast thou seen that the ancients of the house of Israel do in the dark, every man in the chambers of his imagery? Chambers, that's the mind. For they say the Lord seeth us not. The Lord hath forsaken the earth. He said, that's your lower nature. He said also unto me, turn thee yet again, and thou shalt see greater abominations that they do. Then he brought me to the door and the gate of the Lord's house, which was toward the north. Evil comes from the north. And behold, there sat women weeping for Tammuz. Now in Palestine, or whether is it really go to this wall called the Welling Wall, that is what this is reminiscent of, the women weeping at the wall of Tammuz. Now understand what Tammuz represents. Tammuz represents the sun at the summer solstice. The summer solstice is when the sun on the horizon is at its highest point. The summer solstice also correlates with John the Baptist. What happens to John the Baptist? He is beheaded. The beheading of John is when the sun starts to go down after the summer solstice. The sun dies the sun falls. That's why we have a season called fall. Then after the fall equinox, it crosses the equator. It goes to its lowest point, which is called the winter solstice. The winter solstice is called John the Evangelist. Evangelist means good news. John the Baptist, when you get baptized, you're going under. You fall down into the water. That's why the summer solstice is called John the Baptist. So Tammuz is the equivalent of John the Baptist. Where did Trump go on the day of the inauguration for a prayer service? St. John's Church. See how all the stuff is connected? And Trump says during his campaign, we're going to make 
Mexico build us a wall. I read these three passages to show you what the wall is. It's not about a physical wall. It's about the fact that these people know they are in trouble. And they are trying to find out how to get out. Spiritually and physically, they're in trouble. The women can't produce enough babies. The men's sex drive is like shit. He's the most impotent, naturally, creature on the earth. So he tries to attack the black man with constant stress and dehydrate them to shut down his kidneys and his prostate, which leads to erectile dysfunction. High blood pressure put him on the medication leads to erectile dysfunction because he's trying to even the score, even the playing field. These are the rituals. These are the breaks. These are the rituals that are going down, that went down, and surround this whole presidential inauguration. So for you scientists who are listening in, this is just to reconfirm just how precious you are. And this ain't to be sounding, you know, soft and like, you're so precious. No, you truly are because you are the jewels. Everybody knows. So it's imperative that we keep our minds focused on what our in-game strategy is because, you know, we're dealing with people who have hit the panic button. When you put president business in as the so-called president, hey, that's that's panic button. And we are living in beautiful times where <laughs> I'm talking about we're going we're watching it go down. You know, you have to be careful how you say things these days because everything's going to get ratcheted up. So you have to learn how to, hell, but I guess I already said some, talk so much shit, but even still, some things you just got to be, y'all just got to know what time it is. So that's my little breakdown of the inauguration. If you got something you want to say, if you want to ask a question, you know, the line is open. 626-414-3535. Press 1. Do me a favor. Just press 1 if you got something to say so I won't be, you know, catching you while you're farting or something and open your line up. Uh, just press 1 if you got something you want to say or you want to uh, ask a question or whatever the deal is. Uh, major ritual that went down. Uh Seven four zero. What's good? Hey, uh, how's it going? I appreciate the message, brother. No doubt. Appreciate you listening in. What you got on your uh, mind this evening? Oh, a whole lot of stuff, but I'm gonna give you a part of it. Uh, 
I, I like the fact you were talking about the symbolism. You know, when, when I read in Revelation, it, it talks about the trumpets. And when I mm-hmm. take the name of Trump, and you take the name of Mike Pence, his last name, right. and you put them together, it spells trumpets. And I right. wonder if right. that has any esoteric or symbolism that they were trying to slide by us. Oh, without a doubt. I, uh, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Uh, I want you to go to Dr. Eileen's YouTube page. Let me tell you the video. I want you to because we uh, we did a show called. Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the show, and that's the connection I made. Trump and Pence is the trumpets are, are blowing. So you did on. Yeah. That's exactly the connection we made. Uh, it's the the go and look for. The video is called, uh, I'm pulling it up. The Gnosis is uh, the Metaphysics of Donald Trump and World War III. Look for that video on uh, Dr. Eileen's page. And in that show, that's exactly the connection we made. Trump, Pence. You know, Pence means punish, punishment, penance. You know, and... Um, but it's not punishment for us. It's a, it's a, the trumpet blowing is a war cry, or it's a, the 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 bell ringing to alert us as where we are in this whole cycle. And then what Michelle does, uh, Obama is. What does, so what does Pence mean again? Pence means uh, punishment. Okay. And I would just and in Revelations, there's something else to add to that. In Revelations, you have who is the main character who's supposed to battle Satan? Michael, right? Archangel Michael. That's right. Machiel. Well, Machiel. Well, who is the female equivalent? Equivalent. Michelle. And Michelle came out, yeah, in a red dress, red coat, standing on a red carpet. Michelle was not in business when she came out. Now, she ain't do nothing else throughout them eight years. She put in work, and that two hours I have along that fiasco was she put in work just with her attire and her facial expression, the way her hair was styled, she was not trying to look appealing. She made it look like this is, she was in war mode. Mm. So, yeah. So, so she had that dress on to uh, symbolically and uh, spiritually wage war. Yeah, because that represents blood. And inside of the melanated black woman's blood is collars, ganas, russas, tamas, ojas. This all comes out of Hindu mythology. These are these, what they call lunar fluids. These are all these fluids that are inside of the blood. And these, what I read out of that Blavatsky book about the coming force, that's what it's talking about. Okay. 
Because in that blood is the ability to give and to take away all in that blood. So, so I right, know. Brother, uh, I appreciate you calling there in. Was, there was, there was uh, you know, if you read in the book of Judges, there was uh, uh, a person by the name of Barak who uh, freed his people. You know about that story? Mm. No, not off the top of my head. Story about Barak and uh, Deborah, and somehow they, uh, when, when the children of Israel was in captivity, then they were crying, then the Most High sent in Barak and Deborah to uh, free him up. Mm-hmm. So well, I'm, I'm going to tell you what's interesting I'll about this. Okay. What's interesting about that is that in the Quran, the name of Muhammad's horse, who supposedly, you know, there's a dispute over the welling wall about is it Islam, is it Muslim, or does it belong to... But either way, the, the mythology is that I think his horse was named Al-Barak. And that's the horse that he oh. rode on his midnight journey. So I was that's a that's something we you know I'm gonna have to look into that because I'm thinking there'll be a correlation between the story you're saying in Judges and this in the the Quran. You know, but I would yeah I I I wouldn't think that was a stretch for there to be a connection, you know, spiritually between uh, Obama. And uh, Obarak and the character, both characters. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, well, I, I appreciate you, brother. I, I want to say thank you, and uh, keep up the good work and uh, many blessings your way. Many blessings, brother. Hey, I, pre- I appreciate it and blessings to you too, brother. And uh, make sure you tune back in. We'll be back on here next Tuesday. We're getting down with it again, brother. All right. I'm I'm on point like a thorn. Right on, right on. Peace and power. All right. Back at you. All right. Area code 832. You're open. Um, how you doing, Jamal? This is Lorraine. Very Please, Sister Lorraine, what's good? Today. What's good? What's good? I actually just had a um, few questions for you. First one is I think I missed the point you made about Trump's, um, what his what his role is in the melanated war. Like, I think I missed that when you were listing out, you know, all the presidents and what they what they had done. What, what, is, mm-hmm. what were you saying that Trump's role was in the in the melanated war? Trump's role was to reinvigorate the fight of the genetic recesses. Trump was mm, to okay. use the same rhetoric that Hitler used, where he, you know, he tells him you'll you'll never be uh, ignored again, and make the country make America great again. So mm. first, he has to come out and deliver a speech where he he tries to assure them that. We're still in control. We we got hold of the reins again. Things kind of got away for a while, but we're back in control. 
and and that uh, he needs them to subconsciously to develop a will to fight because he was actually putting out a distress call because mm. they are dwindling. I mean, we got stuff like white women are they see there's certain things they don't put out in media. You got to look for it. Breast cancer is running rampant with them. Melanoma, mm-hmm. skin cancer, running rampant with them. Uh, depression, suicide, uh, uh, addiction to pills is running rampant. Heroin, methamphetamines, and then I'm just not talking about the trailer trash. I'm talking about people who six figures who can kind of hide their issue because they can go and pay the dermatologist to keep that skin oh, kind of oh, intact. Oh, I know. Trust me. I work in insurance. No, I talk to those people all the time. Okay. All, you know, white people pay for okay. rehab. They do that. <laughs> That's right. So they, they, there's a lot of things going on that we don't get fed in the mainstream media, and they kind of keep their skeletons in their closet, but they are looking at – they. one thing about them is they are master uh, – statisticians, and they always got data on everything, and they know, you know, and they also know, what did J. Edgar Hoover say? We must mobilize and neutralize the rise of a black messiah. Well, now they're realizing that there are those of us who are realizing that each one of us is the messiah. Mm. So you can't target no one person. We're talking about a Christ consciousness that has come on the planet, and now people know I don't need to wait on another Martin Luther King. I don't need to wait on another Malcolm. God damn it. I am. I am the I am that I am. So what the fuck can you do? Right. Excuse my, my, as they say, my Moorish Latin. (laughs) Oh no, you fired your mom. So I got a follow up question into that because right now I'm I'm in I'm currently in school. I go to Texas Southern University and I have to take a history class this semester and of course Trump is the focus, you know. Of course, with all the inauguration mm-hmm. stuff going on. So we're right now dealing with, you know, basically trying to break down what his economic and social plan is, you know, for his administration, things like that. So I guess my question is just on the, you know, a cold level with with the executive orders that Trump has passed already. Like, do you have any anything any input on that? You know, with him pulling out of the TPP or him passing, um, you know, the executive order that stopped the funding for abortions in other countries and things like that. Yeah, let me tell you how this thing works. Because we are not a Um, And I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about our society as a whole. We're not an intellectual society. They can use that as a reverse ritual. Let me show you how. Mm. People were arguing back and forth about Obamacare Mm. when the reality is that if you really focus on on your wellness, you have less emphasis on your health care unless you go and break your damn leg. Or you in right. a car wreck and break your ribs, and you need trauma care. You basically, if you understand how to take care of your body, your temple, you shouldn't mm-hmm. be in and out of no doctor's office anyway. Right. So they get you fighting for something 
that really does not ultimately shouldn't really apply to you. So that whole TPP, that shit was bonk anyway. Because if you right. see TPP was an extension of Bill Clinton's NAFTA. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas basically you're going to ship all the jobs outside. So, I mean, that that wasn't no real, I mean, <laughs> that ain't nothing for us to be worried about. Now, this whole thing with right. this pipeline, now, see, now, this is what yeah, it's fucking the, up. Now, this pipeline, stuff, how you feel about that? yeah, yeah, they plan, they don't, they, look, what they say, your arrogance will be your demise. Mm. Just to just see down here in Texas, all this fracking, you know, you are messing with Leviathan. You keep poking at it. You keep poking at it because you your arrogance, you, you, they got all, they done collected all these texts from around the globe, everybody's ancient stuff, but they still don't respect it. It's because they, they're mm. arrogance. So they're going to stir up this monster, and, it's, and, and when she wake up and spit, it's all she wrote. You ain't going to be able to hide in no underground bunker. Right. It don't matter so that you're collecting all the seeds. Huh? Who do you think that's going to affect, though? Do you think that's going to affect... European, or is that just going to affect everybody who is on this, you know, in this physical realm? Or is it everybody, gonna, you know, specifically affect that group of people? No, it's going, it's going to affect everybody. See, mm. we got to be mindful of this. We are people who come from a world that is before the physical world. They call it dream time. They call it magic time. They call it uh, um, all types of other names I can't think of, you know, but we talk about Sirius or Atlantis or Mu. We're talking about a world before what we see now. We used to have what's called death rites. So that means when you turn 12, you were initiated into the mysteries of death, and death was celebrated because death was the release into your actual living life. So you're talking about people. One thing they have found out from all these texts that they have gathered is that they don't have a doorway to go to anywhere else but this. So when they go, they dissipate. Mm. And the only thing that they can be is a thought form. So you know how you ride along sometimes, all of a sudden you get depressed? Mm, That's yeah. where mm. they live in the world, in the astral plane, where they can only be thought forms and they can look for a host. That's the real, that's the real nature of vampirism. You get A.E. Powell's book, Astral Body, and he talks about that shit in length in there, these astral bodies. So they can't go anywhere. That's why all the horror movies is them in some place going through all these doors and they can't find their way out. Right. They 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 right. replay that story over and over. That's that's what it is. So I mean at some point we gotta get to a place where we accept that our ultimate destiny is for and I'm going to pick my words because I know I'm on a mass media platform to absorb the physical reality. Right. 
because so we baby we don't die. What should I be? What should I be taking from this presidency? You know what I mean? Because like I said, as a student, I'm being told to look at it economically, socially, and politically. So on the occult side, what should I be looking for? Should I be like, like you said, you know, you said Trump is now speaking in code, which I agree. He went from speaking in nothing but rhetoric that made absolutely no sense to being able to deliver the speech that he delivered on, you know, Inauguration Day, even though I'm sure someone wrote it, you know, for him. Um, what what mm-hmm. should I be looking for on the whole side of it? What should I be taking from this from his administration? Well, the key is what you do with you. Ultimately, right. the hell with them. You mm-hmm. know, because they're trying to catch up with you. The key is what you do with yourself, and that is magnifying all of your magical powers, whether it be through study. It be through mantra, it be through meditation, it be through experimentation. You focusing on harnessing and developing your own powers. Now, mind you, that don't mean you know you gotta have a job or or a business <laughs> or some form of you surviving. You know, but ultimately, I think we need to focus on keeping our lives simple. Right. Keep it simple. If, if you come out of school and they're going to offer you a $150,000 job and you're going to have to take some damn laptop home every night and be stressed out, let them have it. Take the $60,000 job where you can come home and your shit is done after the day. Keep your life right. simple <laughs> so that you can continue to focus on your ultimate work, which is developing your power. Don't let them dangle that cheese in your face and put you to sleep. Right. You know, so that's that's my take on it. Right. Okay. I so appreciate you, Brother Jamal. Always no doubt. I always appreciate you. No doubt. Always good to hear from you, and appreciate you listening in. You know, we'll be we'll be black at it next week. Right. All right. Peace. Got the homeboy, 301. Be more. Jamal, 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 it's always good. Glad to be here tonight. What's up, C? Hey, just want to uh, just talk from a standpoint, living here, being here in the epicenter of last week's um, happenings, Friday's inauguration. Mm-hmm backed up by Saturday's Women's March. Mm-hmm. Both having two separate spiritual energies that, um, mm-hmm. like I said, with being here and living here, that that was obvious and that was uh, ever-present that you could actually feel. But neither one being necessarily real or having anything right in how it felt. Um, Mm -hmm. From an esoteric standpoint, can you elaborate on the occult meaning based behind the the Woman's March? Well, in a way, it's 
um, Michelle Obama counted their ritual with just her 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 apparel, the way she was dressed. That shit was major. So we can say that that march was an attempt to even counter her um, on, in one small aspect. And on another aspect, it's uh, they <clears throat> their ultimate goal is always to keep ISIS at war with Osiris. Okay. White women and white men are, and it's not bashing homosexuals, but I'm saying by nature, they are homosexual. I'm going to tell you why. Because like I read out of that book, Iceman Inheritance, the first time they recognized the difference between each other, one is a man, one's a woman, they hated each other. And they've had this ongoing struggle between each other throughout their history. Now, we know that we live in a dualistic world so that we come down here split up. One comes as a man and one comes as a woman. And part of the Christ ritual, outside of the the Christ ritual that has to go on within each person, because each one of us has a masculine and a feminine, and that has to be enjoined. And then you go out and find your physical opposite who is supposed to have that same revelation within themselves, then y'all two come together and it's even more magnified. Well, if you got something that has always, the whole white race or European race in general is masculine. Even the woman is masculine. They do not have a feminine side because the feminine side is a fucking soul. So you see another expression of this lack. That's on a occult level, but on a political level, they always want to push home that, that hidden agenda of a division between a man and a woman. I so, see. I see that. I see that. Secondly, uh, and, and we've talked about this before, uh, the analogy with bees um, in the fall of the year, bees get very angry and they know that they're going to die, so they, they sting and they attack, uh, being unprovoked. And right now, we're seeing the white race in this dying bee phase where they are attacking unprovoked any and everything because they know that their days are numbered. So there's a natural uh, implication as well as a spiritual implication as to what we're seeing going on in front of us right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's uh, when the sun, another analogy is when the sun is getting ready to start its decline towards fall, that's when you have the sun burning its hottest. The dog days, August is usually your hottest month because the sun is starting to wane. So it's you know so it's we see this motif uh, reappearing over and over 
this 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 uh degree of desperation but it's important that although it it, it, it can be a nuisance and they they can be just 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 bothersome and you know I it's, you know, I always use the analogy in the gym. You know, you can, I go in certain places and you can feel just the the the, the insecurity of them, even when in in the gym, how they, uh, you know, they all all eyes on you and they always got to be in your space or they always watching you and you know, all that's ratcheted up. But all that said, we still can't be distracted. You know, as far as uh, maintaining course, as far as what we have to do. You know, what we have to do is basically just become Christ. Not worship Christ, but become that shit. You know, and that light, that light right there. And basically, these platforms like this where we come and, and we expound, you know, it's a, it's just further developing that light. And, and the different other brothers and sisters who got platforms and, and they and they're they're not sitting on there doing a bunch of bullshit and bickering and arguing and debating, but they're actually are talking science. We are cultivating a light because there is no one Messiah no more. That concept is gone. Aquarius is about each man and woman becoming a Messiah. Yeah, and that's the when we got to stay focused. Even in the midst of all the bullshit, we got to stay focused on that. Thank you, man. Always good to hear you. No doubt, no doubt. Look, looking forward to you know getting back down to the to the Lone Star. And we kick it a little bit, you know. Absolutely. All right. Peace and power to you, bro. Peace. Ladies and gentlemen, coming to the stage from parts unknown, it's the purplest. Oh my goodness! I say, T, brother. What's Jamal. good? I enjoyed this show. What's I have happened? two. I have a comment. No, I have a comment. Then I have a question. The comment is: right. I noticed last year, and I think Gino turned me on to this that white women, um, when they're on their cycle, they don't wear any underwear and they just go around dropping their blood. I don't know if they were trying to – I just think that aligns to what we were, what you were talking about or sharing tonight. That, that's the one thing. Oh, and then for the young lady who called in and she was asking – pardon me? I was just saying, I ain't never heard of that. Damn. I got to look mm-hmm. that up. Mm-hmm. They just drop. They're just dropping their blood. Like I mean, what is up with that? And I now I know what's up with that. Then to the young lady who called in, um, and she was saying what she could, what could she do if she's still ministrating? Her blood is powerful. She should use that. Mm-hmm. And then That's my right. question is: I remember when um, Obama, his second campaign, he kept talking about hope, hope, and I was like, what is hope? I mean, he really, and he really, you could see the energy, it was rising. So my question is, does hope have to do with the ritual? Does that tie with the ritual of the Obamas leaving office 
and the Trump. Yeah, it's, I, I would look at it as a dual energy. They, they, their goal was to use Obama as a dual threat weapon. They mm-hmm. knew that you put this black man in this office with this black family, that it was going. We're gonna go be, crazy. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're gonna be. We ain't gonna have nothing but hope. You know, but then for Europeans, it was gonna enrage them. Understanding, they said they understand it's two basic emotions: fear and love. Love. Mm-hmm. So it it invigorated us with the love, but but with us not having any place to channel it, a lot of those people mm-hmm. who love they didn't have the love actually for themselves. It was the love of this Messiah thinking he's gonna save them, and in that they was able to cipher off that energy and use it to reinvigorate this whole corporation. Now then they take the fear of the Europeans. And then mm-hmm. they would use that as the secret driving mechanism to be building. They was laying the platform for Trump like five years ago when he started that whole mm-hmm. Bursa thing. Oh, I don't think Obama is even American, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it got them, they were, they were ramping them people up based on the fear. So I think it was dual. I think it, I think it all comes down to us. The ones who know how to take it does eco mm-hmm. symbolism and to redirect it, you know, like like we talked about in the in the uh, class uh, earlier this month. Mm-hmm. I would say people need to start getting some Confederate flags and put up in your home. I say get you some swastikas and put up in your home. And you need to take because that symbol, those symbols are ours. That were corrupted You know That that confederate flag ain't nothing But the top of a pyramid And the 13 stars is The 12 disciples and the Christ Which is us Energy awakening in you So That's a simple ritual We can all engage in You know you can find A confederate flag anywhere now Because you know that's, that's a hot commodity Wow I enjoyed the show tonight Thank you so much Thank you Thank you I always appreciate you Chiming in and listening in Peace and power to you as always Peace Thank you All right well If all minds are clear We're going to open the doors of the church (laughs) <laughs> but uh want to thank everybody again. Uh-oh. Hold on. We got We got Houston on the line. What's good? Hey, what's going on, brother? What's, what's going on? It's Beaumont, not Houston. Beaumont, but yeah, I got the Houston number. What's going on? Um, all right, all right. Got a good show going on tonight. And um, just wanted to uh, make a comment about what you said about the Berea. You kind of made me put something together uh, when you brought it up about the Berea. Because um, mm-hmm. 
it made me got dog connected with um when you was talking about that. Oh damn, they had to go in the state. You know, mm. that was Will Smith, who his partner was the, mm-hmm. the enemy of the state was the for real. I'm like, oh shit, damn, I've been trying to break that. Mm. So then, that was, you know, yeah. I oh hell, I gotta go back and watch that again. Yeah, I can't think of the guy's real name. Um, you know, I'm talking. Oh god, I can't think of his real name. But yeah, he was. His name was for real. Uh, Gene Hackett. He, he had the cats. Yeah, Gene Hackett. He had the cats. You know. And it was in mm. D.C. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Man, I never paid attention to that. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to connect that for the longest, too, on that for real. I'm like, damn, there it is. And um, another thing, when you was talking about the Trump and the pinch, I looked it up in a, um, the Dictionary of Angels, page 151. That correlates with this angel called is Raphael. He blows the trumpet. Mm. But it's in Arabic lore, Arabic folklore. I S R A F E L. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a long thing, too long to read, but if anybody, you know, it's I S R A F E L, you can look it up. But yeah, I looked that up. You might want to check it out. You know, man. I enjoyed the show tonight, brother, I... man. And, uh... No, go ahead, bro. My bad. Spell that for me again. I S R A. Wow. Okay, I gotta look that up. I think I heard uh, I see it. A Duke of Tears mentioned that name. It's Raphael. I think on an old may have been a Super Hero broadcast. Okay. All right. No doubt. I appreciate that. I'm gonna have to look that up. And he's associated. Okay. He blows the trumpet. Yeah. Mm. So he had to be the same as uh, Gabriel then. I want yeah, you know they got Gabriel blowing the horn. It's actually says trumpet, and it's like I said, it's more so in Arabic um, lore, more so mm-hmm. than um, Christian. Mm. Okay, okay. Bet, bet. No doubt. Okay. Good looking, good looking on that. Yeah, man, I enjoyed the show and uh, tonight, man, and um. Yeah, yeah. There was something else I wanted to say. I should have wrote it down. There's another thing I wanted to comment on. Oh, man. I know I'm going to remember when I hang up. It was something else. Yeah, you know how that go. They said about the Confederate flags. You know, they had a few rappers who did that before. Put themselves mm-hmm. in the Confederate flag. I know um, MJG did it. And also... John and the East Side Boys did. And I remember both of them catching a little flex on that. You know. Yeah, I do remember that now. Yeah, 2000 or something. Yeah, yeah. Ain't that something? Everything is always opposite, you know. Yeah. And who knows, they may have got a channel, you know, when they did that and didn't even know what they was really doing, you know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because when I seen MJ, I'm like, man, I ain't, you know what, uh, you know. I ain't really get it. Yeah. Man, I'm really boy, boy. I, I, think I didn't it. get it. But really, both of them boys were MJG from Memphis, you know. Daddy. Mm-hmm. Did. And mm-hmm. then, um, he them, I mean, um, Lil John and them. And Latin. And Latin. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Everything is everything. Everything is everything, bro. I'm telling you, man. Everything, all the scrolls getting opened up, ain't they? All the secrets coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah. yeah. All right, man. It's tough, man. Enjoy the show tonight, brother, man. Keep it up, man. All right, so, man. You be easy down there. All right, then. I'll holler. All right, peace. Seven one three, what it do? What up with it, Jay? It's Gino, man. What's up, Gino? Oh, since you got it, man. I gotta back though my cuz too, man. I gotta do it. This is crazy. You know, I was telling you about my experience on Sunday with those brothers. I got one of the uh-huh. brothers actually on the call. Uh, well, anyway, it's funny my cuz bring up. Uh, Enemy of the state. That's one of the topics and one of the things we were building on when I was outside chopping up with the brothers on Sunday. Uh, one brother, LJ from Beaumont, just like my cousin is from, he was talking about, uh, we were just talking about computer chips uh, and the mark of the beast. Uh, I mean, ultimately, you know, the mark of the beast 666 is really melanin, which, you know, equates back to us. But also, too, they used to always talk about this computer chip. That we were going to have to take You know and So we were just talking about the cell phone Was that computer chip that people were afraid of You know when we, you know, Whenever we would talk on Revelation And Bible And uh, or just future things to come And so you know Just like you go to your store You know you know what I'm talking about You go to the store You scan your phone uh-huh. You know Track you All that It's your cell phone So he was talking about that And then from there That's when someone brought up Enemy of the state And I said You know I said yeah you know, and I say, who was the enemy of the state? Say, it was the black man. You know, uh-huh. just like y'all was trying to figure out Gene Hackman. I said, and what was old boy name that was dealing with Will Smith? It was Gene Hackman. Uh-huh. Y'all talking about that word, uh-huh. hacking, computer. You know, it's no coincidence they put Gene Hackman to play this character because he was the one that gave Will a computer chip and stuff. You know, that's what they were dealing with. Uh-huh. And so, uh, so anyway, you know, everything's everything like I said. But then, uh, so then too, like I was telling you, you know, I'm about to go with the brothers. And ultimately, when it was all said and done, it was seven of seven of us in the circle that were ciphering. You know? And then I told you, too, uh-huh. I stopped it up with the brother, and we exchanged an info and uh, found out they from Beaumont, like my cousin is. And then also find uh-huh. his last name, my same last name, which is William. Uh-huh. There ain't no dang thing. It's coincidence. And then right when that was said, that's when we see, or the brother LJ see, a shooting star. Uh-huh. You know? And and I told you, too, uh, actually I was talking to one of the, you know, the, uh, my ex. She said she actually saw two shooting stars that night. Uh-huh. So. Like you say, mm-hmm. man, everything is lining on up and crumbling on down. Yeah. So, uh, That's right. And, just want and, to get and, court, man. and yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Because uh, everything is, we are projecting uh, and it's getting to the point where we can see what's going on on the inside is changing in what we can see mm-hmm. physically. Okay. So, uh, right, man. That's right. Yeah, man. It's uh That's it. Wow. 
nigga don't mind getting on the bus. You know, I would much rather ride the bus. Ain't nothing new to me. Uh, but that's something that I, I really want to do. I have a lot that I want to share, and I, I, I can't express how uh, thankful I am for Dr. Eileen, Sister Kadira. Let me tell you about them. They allowed me to open for them when they came to Dallas. So that was kind of my introduction. And uh, Dr. Eileen brought me on his show, First World Order, uh, on a Wednesday. That was my first time on the platform. And they they allowed me from then to get down. I want to send a shout-out, my thanks to Blackwater, the Meta Magician, and also Brother Fahim. But that's what I'm looking to do. I'm going to start doing some in-home lectures here at my house. And we're gonna I'm gonna go right in the library, gonna show books, visuals, and be writing all types of stuff. And those are gonna be available soon. You can and I'll let you know where you can get those, but two thousand seventeen adds up to the number one. It's time to get down and we got some some new scholars out here, you know, and especially down here in Texas. There's some cold scholars down here, right here in Texas. And it's time to get busy. So if you want to hit me up, hjrobinson360 at gmail.com. Questions, you want to set up something, whatever, holler at me. And uh, let's stay on this path of these scientists um, bringing about the ultimate reality. And as always, y'all stay down until you get up. And when you get up, stay down. Peace. Hip Hop 